Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. You know, it's one of those things that uh, all week long, I'm just chomping at the bit because, again, God starts talking to me, uh, uh, giving me a message. And so, man, it's just exciting to be able to come and share the Word of God with you. And so I'm trusting that this is going to be a message that will bless you. And, uh, you know, I can stand up here and give you a rah-rah message. I can give you a motivational speaking kind of message. I can give you a message that gives, you know, gives you three points of this or that. But listen, I'm just a Bible teacher at heart. That's just who I am. And so more than anything, I want you to learn how to live by faith, and I want you to grow in your relationship with God so that when life throws stuff at you, you know how to conquer it. Amen? You know, has anybody lived life long enough to know that uh, life has a way of throwing stuff at you? And when it throws stuff at you, it's typically like the kitchen sink and everything else, right? It just, like, it just comes, comes at you in, in force, right? So once again, I want you to be able to learn how to tackle this life living by faith. And so we're going to talk this morning, or just if we could title it a message, the message is simply called Faith That Works. Faith That Works. Now, the Bible tells us this. It says that we are to live by faith, or we are to live by the Word of God. The Bible says that everything is to be established by the Word of God. If it says it, that settles it. In other words, if the Word of God says it to me, then I can take it to the bank knowing that God is faithful to His promises. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, to live by faith or live with a lifestyle where the Word of God becomes our compass is a practice that we must endeavor to make a part of our life. Now, let me give you just a natural example, if I can, to kind of set the stage as to the significance of how the Word of God is significant to our lives. In fact, for that matter, the Word of God is the foundation to everything that we experience with God. So in other words, for myself, if I'm dealing with something in my life, I automatically will go and say, what does God's Word say about this? Because God answers everything that I face. The Word of God has an answer to everything that I go through, and it gives me an answer to have victory over every circumstance that I face. It's the foundation of my life. And so, uh, my wife and I, we've been endeavoring to do some things at our house, and uh, you know, we've lived in our house for like, almost 25 years now, and so we decided just to do some renovations in our house. And so, uh, we've had some contractors working and doing some things, 
And the contractor that came out, he uh, specced the house. And then afterwards, after they started uh, doing their building project, uh, they had some engineering that was done. And there was this big beam that they put across that they were building onto this beam. But the way that our existing house was, it's what's called cantilevered. Or in other words, part of the house hangs over the foundation. So as they started to build the house, they started to realize that uh, the, the addition that they're building is too heavy for the portion of the house that hangs over. And so, uh, as you begin to look at it, everything looks normal. Everything looks okay. And so the contractor came to me and he says, we're going to have to get underneath of there and we're going to have to sure up the foundation because it can't handle the weight of the house. And so as I'm looking at it, once again, it looks like everything is normal. If you're just to look at it, it's like nothing's changed. But now there are some French doors, I guess you call it, that open up onto our deck or used to open up onto our deck. And so as a, as a result of them building the new addition, as you start to open up that uh, French door, it would get hung up or it was bound. Now, it never used to do that before. But because of the weight of the addition that was on there and because it wasn't properly supported with the foundation it's starting to pinch the door and therefore it's making it hard to get out here's the point it looks okay you can't tell that it's pinching standing back and observing it you wouldn't know anything was going on as a result of the foundation the only time you start to uh, identify or know that there's some pressure being applied is when you start to open the door and you're like, oh, something's not right here. So they go underneath of the house and they sure up the foundation and they begin to put supports under there that begin to lift up the part that's hanging over. And now all of a sudden you try to open up the door and it just swings right open. What's my point? When it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God is the foundation of our life. In fact, the Bible says to build our lives upon the rock, which is speaking of Jesus, but Jesus is the living Word, right? He says, build your foundation on the Word of God so that when the storms come, you'll stay standing. But those that are on sand, it says their foundation or their house will fall. So when you build your house on the foundation of or your life on the Word of God, when the pinch and the pressure and the heaviness of life comes weighing down, the Word supports underneath of you and gives you a foundation that you can, can withstand the pressures of life. Does that make sense? And so again, it was just a great illustration as to how it's important to have a foundation. Now, here's something else, just kind of a, a side note. Now, when the builder came in, he, you know, he's telling me, he says, you know, that was kind of an oversight on my part. He said, I didn't even really think about that. He said, so I'm going to have to get the engineer to, to fabricate this or kind of figure it out what we're going to need to do. And then he started talking about building a whole brand new, uh, I think, a, a beam that ran across the, the house there. Well, I've kind of dabbled in carpentry all my life, so I know a thing or two. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. And so I said to him, I said, well, why can't you this? And I gave him some of my two cents. And he's like, that'll work. That will work. And so the builders did exactly what I suggested. And it worked. Now, what's my point about that? 
when you know something about the subject matter, you can put it into practice. And it affected the foundational structure of the house because I knew a little something about building. So when you know a little something about the Word of God, even when you're entering into new areas or territories of your life, things that you've never faced before, when the Word of God is settled on the inside of you, you know a thing or two. You may have never experienced that before, but because I've got the Word in me, there's a settled foundation. I apply what I already know to the situations of life. And it, again, supports or it addresses the pressures or the pinch points of life because I've got a foundation. Anybody tracking with me this morning? Amen. We're talking about faith that works. Once again, you need to learn how to live by faith, especially in the hour that we're living. I don't know if you're privy to everything that's going on in the world right now, but if you watch the news, uh, again, you'll find out real soon that we are living in Bible days. I said we're living in Bible days. Bible days, the Word of God is being unfolded right in front of our eyes, and so many people are asleep not knowing it. Can I just, can I just give you a little side thought? I don't know if I've shared this with you. Just how I said we're living in the last days when Jesus is coming. Uh, I just met with some pastor friends or some minister friends that uh, are doing some missionary work. They're actually getting ready to go over into the Middle East. And they've been doing some work over there. And you realize over in the Middle East, the majority of the people are Muslim people. Right? And so the, the door is open for them to go and share Jesus with his people. But now, if you go over there, and if you establish a church, or they know you're a Christian, or especially if you're a Muslim that turns Christian, they'll kill you. Well, just to show you again just how God loves people, they were sharing with us, there was these minister friends that they know, uh, they were holding a meeting within this city, I don't know if it was uh, uh, Lebanon or wherever it was, but it was over there in the Middle East, and I guess I better be careful in saying things, because this is broadcast, and sometimes you, know, you can get yourself in trouble with people over there, but anyways, over in the Middle East, uh, they were holding a meeting, these Christian people invited this young Muslim girl to go to the meeting. When she went to the meeting, she received Jesus. She became a Christian. She stepped away from being a Muslim and received Christ into her life. She went home and her father found out that she became a Christian that night. He grabbed her and locked her in the closet. And she's listening in the closet to her father and her uncles out in the other room. And they're contemplating, or not contemplating, they're discussing how they're going to kill her. Because she became a Christian. So after they had their conversation, they started walking toward the closet. The moment that they opened up the closet, she was translated to the Christian family's house that invited her. Come on, don't tell me that Jesus still don't do some miraculous things today. Amen. Let me give you another one. Again, why am I sharing this with you? Because once again, you don't hear about these things in the daily news. You don't hear about the things that are going on in Israel and in the Middle East. And again, it is the hub of what God is doing in these last days. But there is another individual. He was a Christian man that uh, was a Muslim once again. Uh, received Jesus. 
he's going to a particular church meeting that they had. After he gets out of the church meeting, he goes over to one of his friends' home, and the friend is still a Muslim man. Now, little to his knowledge, the KGB had been following him all around, knowing that he was a Christian and knowing that he was promoting Christianity. So he goes into the Muslim friend's home, and they're just chit-chatting, and they hear a knock on the door. The man of the house, he goes and opens up the door, and there's two KGB uh, officers standing there, and they say, uh, we're here for so-and-so. And the so-and-so that they were looking for was the man that became a Christian. And so he invited them in, and he says, well, he's right there. And they turned, and they looked over to where they pointed, and, or where he pointed, and he says, I'm not kidding with you. We're here for so-and-so. And he's like, he's right there. And they were unable to see him sitting right there. He says, we're giving you one more time. Where is Mr. So-and-so? He's right there. They could not see him. They proceeded to break his legs trying to get them to tell him. And he's screaming, saying, he's right there. And they could not see him. I'm talking about what God is doing in this hour. We are living in Bible days. And listen, you're going to have to learn how to live by faith in difficult times. Uh, again, you might say, well, we live in America. Listen, difficult times are going to come to America. You might have been real comfortable in your home and your way of living because you've had a good job. Well, what if your job ends because of the way the economy is? How do you learn to live by faith now? Or how do you live now without an income? You better know how to live by faith. Amen? Well, that was all for free. Again, that was, you know, again, just to help you understand, we're, we're living in some last days. Amen? So we have to live or learn to live by faith or have faith that works. Let me draw your attention to a, a story that you're familiar with in the Bible, and it's the story concerning the woman with the issue of blood. Anybody familiar with her? The Bible says that this woman had a uh, blood disease. And back in that day, if you had a blood disease, you had to be sheltered or put up into your home. And you could not be around the general population because it was considered contagious. And so, therefore, you had to be isolated. Well, the Bible says that she was sick for many years. said that she spent all that she had on every physician she could ever find. And it says that she did not get better but grew worse. And then the Bible says this. It says that she heard about Jesus. Again, this is when Jesus was walking the earth. The Bible says she heard about Jesus, and she said, <clears throat> excuse me, she said within herself, if I can get to where Jesus is, and if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I will be healed. Now, the Bible tells us that she left from where she was and went to where Jesus was, and she received her healing. What caused her to move in the first place? Well, she had been seeking every physician that she could ever find, and she wasn't getting any better. In fact, she didn't have any more money left. What caused her to move from where she was to seek Jesus out? The Bible says she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. What did she have to hear? She had to hear that Jesus was doing miracles. She had to hear that Jesus was healing people. 
To the point that upon hearing, she says, I got to get to where Jesus is. Are you seeing that? Amen. All right, so the Bible says this over in Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this woman had faith. Her faith moved her. How do you and I get faith today? How is it that you receive faith, grow in faith, or use faith? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes how? By hearing. Now, once again, I just want to pause for a moment because I'm going to ask you the question again. And I want you to really hear this and get it down in your heart. Faith comes by what? Hearing. So you've got to be able to hear something in order to have faith in something. But now, what did it say to to have hearing of? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. So in other words, my faith comes from hearing the Word. But did you notice it did not just say faith comes from having heard? It says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So in other words, it's going to take multiple times for you to hear because there's going to be things that come and challenge your faith. There might be times where you use your faith, but the next time you have to use your faith, it's going to require something a little bit more because what you're facing is bigger than the last time. Well, if it's bigger than the last time, how many of you know sometimes it's a little bit more of a fight of faith when you're facing something bigger than the last time? So therefore, I've got to continue hearing the Word of God to continue to stir and build my faith. So once again, faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God. So once again, the Word of God and hearing God's Word is what produces faith on the inside. Now the Scripture also says this over in Romans chapter 1. It says that we are to walk by faith and live by faith. Everybody say that with me. Live by faith. How do we say faith comes? By hearing the Word. So if the Scripture says that I am to live by faith, then by default that means that I am to live by the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. If I'm to live by faith and faith comes from hearing, then I've got to live by the Word of God. So in other words, how does my life or my faith have a foundation in my life? It can only be established by the Word of God. Amen. So as for me and my house, for me and my family, when we're facing difficult times, what do we do? We don't fall down on the floor and start bawling and squalling. We say... What does God's word say about this? Because if God will say something about it, then I have an answer concerning the thing that I'm facing. Amen. Do you realize that there's there's a lot of things that we try to uh, establish in church and it's just not found in the Bible? Now, now forgive me, I'm not getting political here, but we've got uh, uh, an election that's coming up. But do you know that there's a lot in the Bible concerning longevity of life and preserving life? But there's 
nothing in the Bible that says it's a good idea to kill unborn babies. You'll never find it in here. Now, again, this is all for free. wasn't meaning to say that, but here's my point. If we're going to live by faith, then again, based on the decisions that we make, even by the way that we vote, is it in the Word of God? Does God establish the decisions we're getting ready to make? Amen. <laughs> getting quiet in here. All right. I said that we're going to live by faith. Say it with me. Say, I'm living by faith. Amen. Now, once again, this concept of living by faith oftentimes is challenging for individuals because we think it's a difficult thing. Now, for some of you in here, maybe many of you, how many of you, by a showing of raising of hands, how many of you receive a paycheck by direct deposit? Anybody? Man, people all over in here. You receive a paycheck by direct deposit. Now, you set up the program, you gave all the information, and you know what? If, if payday is Friday, you go to the bank expecting that the money's going to be in there, aren't you? I mean, you don't sit there Thursday night thinking, oh, dear God, I sure hope the money's in the bank tomorrow. No, you've lived a life where you just expect the paycheck to show up. So what's that mean? You have been living by faith. And the reality is, is that all the things that we do, so much of what we do, we have learned to live by faith by repetition of practice. And if that's the case concerning our natural life, how much more can we begin by practice live a life of faith trusting God? And, and God is more faithful than your employer, employer to get a paycheck to you by Friday. I said God is more faithful than your employer to get you a paycheck by Friday. He's faithful. And once again, we've learned how to live by faith. Now, when it comes to living by faith, again, I have to simply ask the question, what does the Word of God say in my life? Does God have something to say about this? Now, once again, I ask you, have you ever received a direct deposit? Many of you said yes. All right, let me give you another example. In the culture that we live in, there's this thing called Amazon. Anybody familiar with Amazon? Some of you got an addiction problem with Amazon. <laughs> I see that hand. <laughs> All right. Has anybody ever ordered anything from Amazon? Raise your hand if you've ever ordered anything. Man, people all over the place. It's teenagers. teenagers, yes. <laughs> all right. Now, do you realize that when you make a purchase or place an order on Amazon, you are exercising faith? Right? And what do you begin to expect? You begin to expect that within just a matter of a few days, you're going to receive a package, right? Some of you just get real excited because you order so much, you, get, you just can't wait for that little package to show up on the, the, the porch step. It's here, woo right? But once again, you're living by faith. But how sad is it that we have had a greater relationship with Amazon 
to where we can have an expectation and a confidence for that thing to show up when there's human elements involved, that there can be all kinds of mistakes. But when it comes to trusting God, oh my goodness, I just don't know if God will do it. Well, why do we question whether God will do what He says He will do? It's because we have not gotten familiar enough with His Word so that it has become a foundation in our life so that when the pressures and the pinch comes to life, I know that the Word of God works. God is faithful to His Word. And if I'll trust Him and believe Him, He will do exactly what He says and it will show up on time every time because He's a good God. Amen. I'm talking about living a life of faith and having a faith that works. Amen. And once again, I said you are a person of faith. If you've ever had a direct deposit, if you've ever shopped on Amazon, if you've ever put a bill or a check in the mail to pay for a bill, you are a person of faith. So therefore, let's learn how to exercise our faith in a way that we can begin to experience God's best in our life. Now, once again, let me bring your attention back to the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that she heard of Jesus. She had to have heard that he was a healer. He had to, she had to have heard of other individuals that were receiving and experiencing the things that she needed in her body. So, based upon hearing, we said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. She had to do something. The Bible says she went and sought to touch him. There was corresponding actions. Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, I don't know how far she had to travel to get from where she was to get where Jesus was. But I guarantee you that all along the way, she started thinking about all the doctors that she went to and hadn't gotten better. Well, I saw Dr. So-and-so and didn't get the results. I saw Dr. So-and-so, didn't get the results. I, I even saw Dr. So-and-so from two towns over, and I still didn't get better. You know that as she began to pursue or go where Jesus was to touch him and to receive from him, she had great opportunities to get in doubt and unbelief. So in other words, she had to continue to override her thoughts of negativity and the pinch and the pressure of life, <clears throat> excuse me, and remind herself and to hear in her mind and in her heart that which she was believing for, and that is, I heard about Jesus. I don't care about Dr. So-and-so, and I don't care about Dr. So-and-so, and I don't care about that other doctor, but I've heard about Jesus, and I've heard about this one that got healed, and this one that received, and therefore, when I get there, when I touch him, I will receive what I am believing for. Once again, it does not say she heard and stopped hearing. No, there was a continually stirring of faith, Right? What happens? We all have opportunities to get in doubt and unbelief, and it's when the enemy presents the opposition. Do you really believe you're going to receive anything? Do you really believe you're going to receive from God this time? I've got to continue to stir my faith based on what I'm hearing. Once again, I ask you the question concerning your, your paychecks. Let me ask you this question. 
Who has ever made a mortgage payment before? Ever made a mortgage payment before? Okay. If you made a mortgage payment, the mortgage payment that you made was what you have made. The next time around that the mortgage payment comes, you cannot pay the, the next mortgage payment with the money that you earned and paid on the last mortgage payment, right? So in other words, you had to continually continue to make income so that the next time a mortgage payment was due, there was revenue in the bank, right? So when it comes to your faith, your faith will leak. Your faith will get tired. Your faith will get stretched out when you begin to look at the circumstances. Again, where I used my faith here yesterday, today's a new day. I have to continue to stir my faith or continue to build my faith so that when I face the next opposition, there's faith in the tank. No, I know what God says. Therefore, I believe and I will receive. Amen? Now, it says once again, live by faith. Live by faith. Now, how did we say faith comes? By hearing. And by hearing what? The Word of God. The Bible says to live by faith, so then therefore we have to live by the Word of God. The Scripture also tells us, fight the good fight of faith. Now, there's multiple applications that you could apply to that. But I think one of the greatest fights of faith is for us to continue to practice the hearing of God's Word. I won't ask for a showing of hands, but how many of us would say, man, it's a challenge to find time to read the Bible? Now, we got all kinds of time, but half the time we're sitting in front of the TV, half the time we're taking a nap, half the time we're doing all the other things that we could have, should have done, right? We've got the time... But it's just a matter of practicing or using the time and appropriating it correctly to stir or build faith. So what am I saying? I've got five minutes in the morning. I could sit down and read the Word of God for five minutes in the morning. What did I do? I heard the Word and I stirred my faith. But how many times do we not even give five minutes to the Word of God in our life? And then we wonder why we struggle to use faith. The fight of faith, or one of the greatest fights to faith, is to actually just give it time. Let me encourage you. God doesn't expect you to sit down for three hours and become a Bible scholar. All He's asking is, will you hear? Will you give time to allow yourself to hear the Word? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. And every time that you hear the word, your faith gets fortified. Every time you give time to the word, the foundation gets stronger. Every time the new pinch or the pressure of life comes, it will be withstood because I've allowed myself to continue to hear the word of God. Amen? Are you doing all right this morning? All right. 
I'm taking a lot longer than I anticipated on getting to the next point. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, correct? All right. So how do I receive from God? By using my faith. Now, here's the thing. It's also going to take faith to keep what I've received from God. How many, just by a showing of hands once again, how many of you have ever been healed or received a miracle from God? Raise your hand if you've ever been healed or you've received a miracle from God. Hands all over the place. Did you know that oftentimes it takes faith to receive from God, but it will also take faith to keep what God has given you? Uh, some of you may know who uh, Reverend Benny Hinn is. He was a man that well, he's still being used by God, but was used by God miraculously in the ministry of healing. And he's ministered to thousands of people. And, and I went to school where Reverend Kenneth Hagin was uh, uh, the head of the school, and he was a mentor to my wife and I. And so I was there in the office one day, and we, we were having this conversation, and we were talking about healing. And, and uh, uh, Reverend Jim Hockaday said to me, he said, Benny Hinn called Kenneth Hagin and said this. He said, Reverend Hagin, he said, in our meetings, he said, we are seeing thousands of people receive miracles. He said, but the biggest thing that frustrates me is, he says, a vast majority of the people that receive their miracles, receive their healings, end up losing their healing. He says, why is that? And Reverend Hagin said, because they don't have a foundation of the word to keep their healing. They've received a miracle, but because the word has not been a foundation, when the pinch or the pressure comes, they lose their healing because they thought that God didn't do what he said he did. Now let me show you how this works. Remember I said that the word of God becomes a foundation for our lives so that when the pressure and the pinch and the things of life come, we can stand against it. All right, the Bible says this. It says, over in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So let's just focus on that latter part of the scripture for a moment. He who promised is what? Is what? Come on, say it like you mean it. Let, let me hear the whole church say it. He who promised is what? Faithful. God who promised, gave us his word, is faithful to his word. Amen. But that's not all the equation because if it was based on God, it would be a sold, it would be a, a done deal. But the first part of that scripture says, hold fast to the confession of your faith. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So, I've received a miracle in my life. I've received healing in my body. Now, you know what the enemy likes to do? He likes to come behind the miracle, likes to come behind the healing, and he likes to give you lying symptoms within your body and says, Ha! What do you think about that? So, in other words... I've had migraine headaches for all this time. And man, God healed my body. Oh, I'm set free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But then two weeks down the road, I get a 
headache again. And what do I start saying? My migraine headaches are back. I guess I didn't get healed. I guess God didn't do what I thought he did. Did you hear what it said? Hold. Everybody say hold. Hold fast to the confession of my faith. For he who promises faithful. So, you could also say it this way. I lose what I'm believing for by not taking a hold with my words. So, what what, what does that mean? If I enforce my faith by the words in which I speak, God, I thank you. You're a faithful God. You promised you're faithful. And then all of a sudden the symptom comes. Oh, dear God. I lost it. Who said you lost it? It's just a lying symptom from the enemy. But the moment you agreed with it, with your mouth, what you were holding on to, you turned loose of it because you thought God didn't do what he said he was going to do. Just understand, the devil is a liar. I said, the devil is a liar. And so when he brings the symptoms, you say, oh, devil, just shut your face. Get on out of here. Amen. Come on, I'll give you a natural example. I've shared this with you again a number of times. And for the sake of repeating, it will just bear repeating for the sake of the illustration. I said to you that I struggled with canker sores in my mouth when I was younger all those years. I mean, it was horrible, ginormous canker sores in my mouth. As I started to learn about the word, I realized I didn't have to take it no more. And one time I had a canker sore in my mouth. My face was just hurting. My neck was aching. And it had been there for two weeks. And I said, God, I thank you that I don't have to deal with this anymore. I thank you that I receive healing in my body. And just a couple days later, that canker sore dissipated. Well, then just maybe a, a few weeks later, another canker sore came in my mouth. And I'm like, doggone it. Canker sore back in my mouth. And I said, God, the word of God says that I'm healed, that I can receive healing from you, that it's a promise of God. And so there, therefore, canker sore, you have to leave my mouth right now. And it left just a matter of a couple days later. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. That works. And then just a, a matter of a month later, another canker sore started to come. And it made me mad. And I thought, doggone it, you came in my mouth the last time. And I start to feel one coming on there. Before you even come in my mouth, you stop right now in Jesus' name. And you reverse and you get out of here. And the canker sore never came. In fact, it left before it ever showed up or manifested or festered in my mouth. And I'm like, oh, dear God, I just learned something. The canker sore will respond to my faith, but when I start to identify that it's coming, if I'll arrest it before it manifests itself, I'll get rid of it before it even shows up. Amen. Now, there have been times that I've since had the symptoms of canker sores coming. What's my point? God is a healing God. Does the devil stop trying to bring sickness and disease and symptoms your way? No, he will do it day and night if you let him. And if I feel the canker sore coming and I just sit back and say, well, if it's God's will, he'll take that canker sore away. You know what? I've sat there and done nothing and I've had a full-blown canker sore in my mouth because I did nothing. I did nothing with my faith. 
I never appropriated my faith. I did not take hold of my confession of faith, and I just let it come, and there it was. But the moment that I say symptom, you stop in Jesus' name. I exercise my faith because the word of God says that I'm the healed of the Lord. You have to stop. I arrest you now. Get out of here. And every time that I do that, the canker sore never shows up. So here's the thing. You have faith. You've already demonstrated that you're faith people. Now it's just a matter of us stirring our faith and building a foundation on the promise of God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now I'll just close with this. Why don't you stand up with me? I asked the question, how many of you have ever ordered anything on Amazon? And just about everybody said, yes, I do. I'm one of those Amazon junkies. And simply because the church has to have a, an account, you know. <laughs> but you know, there is something that I have on the Amazon account. And that is, every six weeks, I have a case of breath mints delivered to my house. It's on a repeat order. So I don't go without breath mints. I don't have them today. But I have a delivery. Why? Because I've established my order. I've exercised my faith. There's been a purchase price that has been made or a price that has already been paid and therefore it gets debited every time or every month that the bill is sent or the, the, the package is sent. There has been a price that is paid for your healing, for your deliverance, for your protection, for your answered prayers and it was paid for by Jesus. And therefore, it's just a matter of saying, God, it's time that I receive my package. It's time that I receive my answer. It's time that I receive my healing. Not that you're demanding of God, but you're making a demand of the promise because it belongs to you. And so therefore, I just expect breath mints to show up at my house. I just expect it. Do you know you can get that way with God? I just expect it. That's not being a snot-nosed brat with God. I'm saying you just get to a place where your confidence is with God. I just expect it, God. I just expect it. You're that good. I've got a relationship with you. My foundation is established. I just expect it, God. Amen. And it shows up. Now, I said they don't have breath mints because I think my, my kids took them and ate them all. I just got to notice that there's a delivery that's coming on Monday of my new order of breath mints. Now, let, let, me, let me say this to you. Listen to what I'm saying. I could rightly say to you, I have breath mints. You might say, well, where are they at? They're on the way. They've already been purchased. They're mine. I said, they're mine. Where's it at? It's coming. They're, 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 they're on the way. You might say, well, I need healing in my body. Don't wait for it. Don't say, well, if it's God's will. If you're saying if it's God's will or when God's will is, it will never, never show up. 
you will die before the will of God shows up for a healing in your body. Why? Because it's already been established. It's His will. And it's based on your faith to receive. The Bible says this. There are 19 accounts in the gospel. And 16 out of the 19, Jesus said, it's according to your faith that you received. You keep waiting for God to do something. He says, I'm waiting for you to exercise your faith. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? God is ready to deliver your package. Because it's His word. It's His answer. Amen. Has your faith been stirred this morning? Listen, it just seems right. This is what what was in my plans, but it just seems right to pray together corporately. You all know what you have need of in your life right now. Whether it's finances, whether it's peace of mind, whether it's health and healing in your body. Can I just dare you to believe now? Can I just dare to believe you, uh, dare for you to uh, dare to believe God now to receive? I, I mean, what would be the worst thing that could happen? You receive now? I mean, dear God, wouldn't it be an amazing thing to walk out of this room not having to deal with the same old things that you've been dealing with and you've been waiting on God, but rather than waiting on God to say, God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting right now to receive and I will receive because right now I'm going to use my faith and I'm going to experience what you said you would promise in your word. Come on, have I talked long enough for you to get your thing that you need before God right now? I'm going to pray a general prayer, but you bring before God right now what you have need of. And it's not based on whether or not God will do it. He says, I want to do it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for every single person in this place right now that is presenting a need to you. Father, I release my faith with and for them. And I thank you, Father, for the healing power of God that is filling and flooding their bodies right now. I thank you, Father, that sickness and disease and infirmity bows to the name of Jesus. We plead the blood, and I thank you for healing, restoration, and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Soundness of mind, clarity of thought, confusion is gone in Jesus' name. And God, I even thank you for financial miracles right now. I thank you you're turning that around. I thank you that, Lord, finances turning around. Jobs on the way, increase in revenue. Oh, you might say, well, how's that? Listen, it's not for me to figure out. God's the one that will provide. He says he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So, God, I thank you that provision is on the way. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Come on, thank him right now for what you receive. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that we've received right now. And I begin to look for it. I begin to look for it. I begin to look for it. And if I look for it, I'll see it, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? 
We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.